0: Brandon I am so sorry. I think I just called you Brendan with an E. I'm really sorry.
1: Let me tell you I uh, I grew up with a Brendan, a Brennan and a Brannon. They all went to my school. Ugh. I people would just like say any assortment of the letters B and R and N, (laughs) and we would all respond because we're just happy people are talking to us. And then we ended up starting a a TV show together called The Killer Bees uh, (laughs) on our local network. No joke.
0: No, I didn't uh, think it was a joke. That sounds right exactly like what would happen. (laughs) Well, good news, everyone. This is The New Activist. My name is Eddie Koffeltz, and joining me on the show today is the guy you just heard laughing, Brandon Harvey. Not Brennan, not Brandon, Brendan. I am so glad that you are here. You know, I was reading the feedback that people give on the show and I read it all and I appreciate it all, even the stuff that's critical. It's just super helpful. And I read a great piece of feedback by a user who goes by the name of Superwoman Underwear, which I have to imagine when they type that in as their username, they didn't think they'd hear me saying it, but alas, that's what they've chosen. (laughs) Anyhow... This person writes, The podcast is often difficult to listen to as it addresses hard topics, but it is still so good. And then Superwoman Underwear continues on to say nice and kind things about the show, which I appreciate, but it really got me thinking that that they're right. We do cover a lot of hard topics, and sometimes it can be a lot to listen to even just a half hour show on something that is so deep. And so today I wanted to just kind of step outside of our topic by topic format for a bit and just focus on some good news and focus on Brandon Harvey. Brandon would say of himself that he is a storyteller focused on the good in the world and I would wholeheartedly agree. Brandon has a podcast that I love, it's called Sounds Good. He is the creator of the Good News paper, which is a printed, Newspaper, like actual analog paper. We'll talk about that decision more, but he has uh, just done great work with that and he has cultivated a massive online community through different platforms. And like over a quarter of a million people are paying attention to what he says. All that to say, today we are going to take a little breather and listen to Brandon's story. And what I love about his story is this is kind of a, a meta episode where we're going to talk about. How we're talking, and just talk to Brandon about the good news. Here is my conversation with Brandon Harvey. Brandon Harvey, can you give me the good news elevator speech? What is it? What do you do? Goodness gracious.
1: Uh, <laughs> just it's, it's funny. go. You know, the Good Newspaper is a celebration of the people, ideas, and movements that are shaping the world for the better. Uh, And we create all kinds of other things that, you know, help people remember that there is a lot of good in the world, but then also gives people practical action steps and and motivation to actually become a part of the good in the world themselves.
0: Okay, so—but you do a lot— around this cuz there's the there's the paper there's the newsletter there's the podcast there's just you speaking so like the the whole i don't want to say brand cuz brand cheapens it but 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 it is sort <laughs> of like the whole thing is around this idea right that there is good news to be told
1: yeah, yeah. And and even more than that, uh, I think back on this quote that has always stuck with me in a huge way. It's from uh, your friend and my friend, Mr. Fred Rogers, or at least oh, I wish he was my friend. The best. Uh, but he said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And so everything that we create, we've got a podcast, a newspaper, a newsletter, um, all these things. Uh, they're just us looking for the helpers, but then ultimately trying to equip people to become the helpers themselves.
0: Can you tell me, or take me behind the decision of actually starting a newspaper? Because for those that have not yet clicked around and figured out what it is, like, you actually put out a newspaper. Like, a thing comes <laughs> to your home made out of newspaper. It's very, like, it's funny that I'm having to describe it, which, of course, leads to the question, why why go analog?
1: Totally. yeah, well, it's really funny because I have literally never paid for a newspaper in my life, and I, I think that's probably true for a lot of people in my generation. i've I've read newspapers, but I've never actually paid for one. And a few years ago, I was just I was just feeling really overwhelmed by. Everything that was happening in the world, between kind of the divisive political election and the global refugee crisis, and my growing awareness of uh, systemic oppression of people of color, and and then also just personal things going on in my life—friends and family struggling with mental health, um, you know, my struggles with you know growing in uh, self-awareness and, and 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 experiencing pain on a deeper level—all of these things kind of culminating, uh, and I wanted to create a solution. For myself, uh, it, it sounds kind of weird, but I was just like, I feel so overwhelmed. What can I do? And I thought back to that quote from Mr. Rogers, and I was like, okay, well, first step, let's look for the helpers. Mm. And I start doing this in in different format. So I I had built a pretty cool, amazing community on Instagram and Twitter. And so I just started sharing on there. Um, and and then I decided, oh, well, what if I start a newsletter where every single week I, I share stories of helpers from around the world, especially, you know, in times of crisis. And then I started a podcast where every single week we'd have conversations with people who were rejecting cynicism and using their influence or passions or, you know, their The things that get them excited or their abilities or their platforms to make a difference in the world. And all of that is amazing. And those are things that I'm so excited about. But what I found that what what I found was that when people would go into like their podcast feed, there were a million podcasts that they were choosing between. And when they would jump into their inbox, you know, they'd see the good newsletter, but also a bunch of other emails that overwhelmed them. And when they'd go on Instagram, they'd see you know, the the hopeful stories we were sharing, but also, uh, you know, a million other things. And there were all these things pulling for people's attention. And my passion has always lied with actually moving the needle in people's lives that I was like, I think these things are helpful. I think they're great. But if we're trying to encourage people and if I'm trying to encourage myself to take a next step, what if we go somewhere that nobody else is? Mm. And uh, because I've never, you know, paid for a newspaper in my life, I was like, You know, maybe that's true for other people. Maybe a newspaper will cut through the noise a little bit. Um, And so there's just something special about jumping into the world of newspapers. But also, um, I I had done this research and I looked at these studies that said that um, we have, all of our brains have this built-in negativity bias. And bad news sticks to our brains like Velcro and good news slides right off of our brains like Teflon. And – and it kind of makes sense. Like, that's why I think we feel so overwhelmed by all the things happening in the world, even when we're aware of, like, the amazing world-changing stuff that's happening. Um, and so... Yeah, okay, Okay. but, like, okay, yeah. like, I'm going to interrupt, and I'm sorry, but take me inside that tension, it.
0: because I, like, love, and by the way, you can re-interrupt me if you need to, like... <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. No. So, okay, but, like, with all the bad news, it's it's hard, though, because you can't ignore... I mean, we are in an epically challenging time in the U.S. and around the world right now. And maybe every generation says that, but from where I'm sitting, this is just, these are crazy days. Don't you ever just want to take the platform and say, okay, here's a story on why refugees are getting worked over, front page, let's do this. Like, how do you not lean in to the Velcro? <laughs> because Total, it seems like uh, it would
1: be appealing. Totally. And, and let me just say, there's a lot of like, like there's a lot of publications that are focused on good news that have like gone bankrupt because, right. you know, psychologically our brains aren't wired to desire that. Um, and and so, I mean, the big thing for me is that I've always been a really optimistic person, like my whole life. And I think that, to be honest, like it was to an unhealthy degree. And I think there's a lot of people like me uh, who experienced that where um, we – I, th- I I think I think that we kind of put like rose-colored glasses on a little bit too much and, and it's easy to just say, oh, well, you know, everything's gonna be okay in the end or you know like oh that this you know that injustice isn't a big deal because it'll be fine later. Hmm. Um, and I had done that for for way too long and and when I started to just kind of hit this wall where I was feeling overwhelmed by all of this stuff in the world, this switch flipped where, I no longer wanted to opt out and bury my head in the sand. Like, I wanted to actually get messy and really dive in to the brokenness in the world. And and so, you know, with the newspaper, we don't purport to be, like, opting out of uh, the bad in the world. You know, we we fill our paper with a lot of injustices in the world, a lot of, like, pain, a lot of brokenness. Um, But we always come back to, and here's what we can do about it. And so— yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's necessarily answering your question no but it is uh, you know it's it's not something we want to shy away from like we really like every issue if if we're not addressing the biggest injustices in the world like yeah. then we're failing yeah um, but I think that I think that when we get really overwhelmed is when we get stuck in that moment of like oh well there's a bad thing in the world I guess I just have to like feel bad about it mm. um you know, what it really is is that we're feeling anger. We're feeling anger that there's this injustice in the world, that the world isn't as it should be. And what I want to do is I want to create tools and an inspiration for people to use that anger to actually make a difference, to actually show up uh, and and move the needle on that issue. So, okay,
0: get me inside. You, you mentioned like you've always been really optimistic. Take me inside your life a bit. What? When was, for instance, when was the first time you remember being optimistic when everyone around you was was not?
1: Man, um, that's a super good question, and I I, almost, I feel like this is getting really real here. I don't know, I don't know if I've ever actually shared this out loud, but I I remember, and this is again, this is me being optimistic. It's not even. Uh, This isn't even optimism. This is just me not being able to dive into the heartbreak of the world. I remember when I was a kid, um, I was at a family reunion um, and I was in the car and someone in the car got a phone call that uh, one of my second cousins had died. Mm. Um, They drowned in a pool and... uh, And I was just a kid at the time, but I remember like the first thing that I did when, you know, when they pulled the car over and and told me and my cousins who were in the car, uh, is I just made a joke. I immediately responded with humor and it was a coping mechanism, Yeah. but it was just me not being able to deal with this, this injustice and this heartbreak and this pain. And, you know, as I got older, uh, that defense mechanism stayed with me to some degree, um, and and I it, it was absolutely to a fault. You know, I, I would say nine times out of ten that hurts you more than helps you. Um, and and it wasn't until you know the last few years that I really started to become more aware of this. It was probably three years ago that I started to become aware of this and 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 directly say, hey, when like pain and heartbreak and injustice is knocking at my front door I'm. I'm not going to like slam the door back in his face. I'm going to experience it and I'm going to feel it. Um but yeah. so yeah,
0: so I, do you think it's like do you think it's through the lens of you just skew things more positively or is it through the lens of like afraid or unable to 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 handle the pain? Cuz it, it you, you know it's like a fine distinction, but I'm curious and again if this is just too personal just tap out but I I'm I'm curious how the how the what the filter is on you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think I think for me it always was just an inability to to really go there, you know, is an inability to deal with the pain. Um yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. And and you can tell me maybe maybe this doesn't actually connect to the greater part of the conversation, but Yeah. Um it's, it's interesting because I think that if i had created this newspaper five years ago, yeah. if I'd created anything that I was creating, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have come from a really unhealthy place. It would have come from a place of escapism. Um, uh. and I think that because I, I hit this wall and I, and I realized that, that, you know, this, this bad news was sticking to my brain like Velcro and, uh, but also that, you know, those bad things were real and that they were important and that you have to grieve them and feel them in order to experience that, that sense of righteous anger that can actually motivate you towards action. You know, once I, I kind of came more full circle on that, I wanted, I wanted to, for myself, you know, start steering into understanding injustices more so that I could feel that anger and that motivation more so that I could actually make a difference in the world because I had, you know, I'd traveled for years as a humanitarian photographer. Yeah. And I saw some of the biggest injustices in the world. Um, and, and in all those moments, I don't know if I ever got angry. You know, in my brain, I knew, okay, this is something that's wrong with the world. This is something that's, uh, you know, bad, but it, I don't think that I fully felt it uh and and I I question you know, how could I have had an even greater impact in the world or how could I have like moved the needle more had I fully experienced these injustices and, and taken action from a place of um of feeling that on a deeper level?
0: Well, I would be remiss if I did not hop in here as he is talking about moving the needle and, fighting injustice to talk about the fact that this podcast is actually presented by international justice mission ijm is an organization that i work for and love and was a fan of before i even worked for them and what ijm does is we are are ending slavery around the globe there are over 40 million slaves in the world today and ijm has an incredible model that actually helps find those slaves and end slavery but we need help we need help in a lot of different ways if you want to give if you want to come work for us all of that would be great but more than anything right now i would ask you to go to newactivist.is forward slash ijm new activist is ijm and fill out the form that you see there that form will generate a letter and those letters will go to your elected officials there is some groundbreaking life-changing legislation happening right now. And I would love for us to use our voice in a number of ways, but one of those ways would be to ask your elected officials to help end slavery. If you would take the 10 seconds that it takes to fill out that form, it would be amazing and a great way to support IJM and the new activists and me personally, it would mean a great deal. Here is the second half of the conversation I got to have with Brandon Harvey. So uh, this is kind of an on-the-nose question because the show is called The New Activist. But So even if you answer no to this, it's still totally fine. But <laughs> do you consider yourself an activist?
1: You know, I, I don't think that I'd even thought about that term up until um, a few years ago. But, you know, the further I've gotten into this, the more I've really uh, thought of what I'm doing as, um, you know, trying to be— you know not not a leader in this in this movement, but uh, a part of this greater movement that I see of people rejecting cynicism and uh and actually living like hopeful and resilient lives that then make a difference in the world um and and this isn't like my own I don't even I still don't know if I love what I'm saying like as it yeah. comes out I'm like that feels weird um well let's just maybe, say. It. Let's, let's see what happens yeah. <laughs> um, when I look around the world at, at the activists that I admire, uh, specifically are activists who they look at the injustices in the world, specifically, I look at people who have experienced like devastation and heartbreak and pain yeah. in their own personal lives. And I don't know, it feels like that should make them cynical it should make them weighed down by the world it should make them um, it should honestly make them opt out but instead mm. they decide to opt in and they opt mm. in with a sense of hope and optimism and they bring other people along with them mm. And while I don't purport to be these people that I admire I I'm trying to follow in their footsteps and do the same thing and use, mm you know, the heartbreak that I've experienced, uh, to, to not shut me down, but to actually motivate me towards action and, and hopefully bring other people along with me. And, you know, if that's, if that defines the, the activists I admire, then, then my aspiration is to be like them. Was your first
0: foray sort of into the the real world, the big world outside of your home that you grew up in, was it, was it photography? You had mentioned it earlier. Was that your kind of first look at it or what was your wh- – when did you first kind of get outside of yourself?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I started shooting photos professionally when I was 16, which is just – like nobody should have hired me at 16. That is kind of wild. Uh, I know. It's, it's really, really funny. Um, but I just had amazing mentors in my life who uh, – you know, they started to invest in me and and say, Brennan, here's how you change your ISO. Here's, you know, how you shoot, uh, portraits of people. Here's how you shoot events. Here's how you have people sign model releases. Um, but you know, those same mentors also said, and here's how you use your photography to make an impact. Here's how you use your photography, uh, to, you know, give to people who don't have the gift of photography or, or need the gift of photography. And, That early exposure to being like, oh, wait, I can actually make an impact outside of myself was really fascinating. And then, of course, also just, you know, in those early days, admiring folks like Jeremy Cowart and just seeing how he was using, like, his platform in a really cool way. It started to get my gears turning. And as I continued my photography path, um, I'd grown up in this really small town. And so I'd I'd been pretty successful in this small town as a teenager. Hmm. Again, not like necessarily because I'm a super amazing photographer, but because my town was that small. Mm. Um, But I, I decided to opt into uh, moving to a bigger city, uh, Portland, Oregon, um, and, you know, kind of becoming a small fish in a big pond again. Mm. And that was, I think where photography for me really started to take off and grow. And I started to get more excited about it and passionate about what can I do with this? And, and, that, you know, moving to this city where people were different than me and, uh, you know, maybe they were people that I would have, you know, thought that I disagreed with or, uh, just people I'd had never had experiences with. Um, photography opened the door for me to meet people and, it, I think it really started just bridging this huge empathy gap for me. you mm. know I, I think so many of us have that growing up, especially depending on the environment you grow up in or the uh, the context you grow up in. Uh, but for me, you know, photography really started to burst that bubble for me and I really started uh, to grow in my empathy and understanding of people who were far different from me.
0: Kind of the on a final note here, you are uh, like a force of nature in terms of getting things happening, and there's just so much in your in your world, and it's really clear what you're doing. But I, I am, um, I think that there might be somebody listening who's 20 years old and is like, I love that, I love what he's doing, but how do I even begin to begin to to be a storyteller like this, to change a narrative like this, to create. a a new kind of outlet for sharing good stories in the world through the lens of, uh, social justice? Like, how do I even start? And so I'm curious what you would say to someone who is, you know,
1: 19, 20 years old and just
0: figuring out what's a first step.
1: (laughs) Um, the first step I can give you is, um, you know, don't start a newspaper because it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a very ridiculous endeavor and it's so fulfilling. It's so fun. Uh, but, you know, start something close to home. You know, figure out what it is for you. Like, you know, what's the unique position that you're in? You know, are you a photographer? You know, figure out someone in your community that needs some photography to tell a story and do that. And master that and execute that well and then take the next right step. Um, or if you're a writer or if you're a musician or if you, you know, work in more of like the STEM space, like just find a, a small need in your in your little world and, and take a step towards filling that need because you'll just see more and more needs open up and as your skills continue to grow and as your ability continues to grow and as you're even your – you know, your network continues to grow. You'll have more opportunities to do this, and you don't have to do everything you want to do today because, you know, I'm I'm so thrilled about the stuff that I'm doing right now, but, you know, I, I've got these massive dreams for where I'd like to be and in, in, in the ways that I'd like to move the needle, and um, I know that I just have to keep on taking steps in that direction. Um
0: I thought that was my last question but now my last question is so can, Great. can you tell us any of, any of those dreams I mean I know they're your dreams but I'm curious just what where this trajectory is heading
1: Yeah uh, it's it's so funny because um I don't even want to pretend that I have any clue you mm-hmm. know if you had asked me a year ago Yeah and we've been doing this newspaper for seven months. If you'd asked me a year ago what I'd be doing today, like, I would have no idea, you Mm. know, like genuinely would not have guessed the newspaper. And so, um, it's, I don't even have anything specific that I can guarantee is going to happen. But, uh, but what I will say is that every single time that I have an idea, every single time that I have a dream or even just a strategy, I I write it down literally every single time. Like, W- earlier while we were talking, uh, I was like, "Oh, I, th- I think, I think, I think something just popped in my mind." I just scribbled like three three letters down, or I just scribbled like three words down, uh, <laughs> just as like a little reminder, hmm. uh, b- because it's, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it, it kind of circles back to this idea of hope, um, but I think that when you write down, uh, you know, the ways that the world could be and the the ways that you could be a part of that you you live into it a little bit more you you step closer to it um and so that's that's all I try to do is i just try to i just try to dream up you know what if what if this need was filled and what if i got to play a small role in that what would that look like um and so you know to answer your question you know down the road i just the thing, the thing that's getting me really excited right now is just there's so many people who feel frozen by the overwhelming amount of, of fear and bias and, and negativity and uh, polarization in the world. But all of those people, like if they were just given the tools to, to take action, to not be frozen anymore and to actually become a part of the solution, like we would solve so many problems and we would solve them so quickly
0: mm. well it didn't seem appropriate in that interview to just give him a you know an old school amen but right like i love that advice at the end and i love that he has set out to follow the advice of mr rogers to find the helpers i know that i can feel sometimes a little overwhelmed by the scope of everything that's happening in the world and it feels like there is just systemic failure everywhere you look and the bad news is prevalent and the good news is harder and harder to find and so for me i take from this not only just the breath of fresh air that is brandon but also kind of a a mandate within myself that even as I am leaning into difficult conversations, leaning into the problems of the day, to also look for the places that are beautiful and life-changing and good. If you would like to learn more about Brandon and follow all of his happenings, I mean, really, he's speaking, he's got the paper, the podcast and everything. I think the easiest place to go is just to BrandonHarvey.com, B-R-A-N-D-E-N Harvey, BrandonHarvey.com. Certainly follow him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. He's on Snapchat. He and I have talked a lot about Snapchat. I still don't get it, but he's on it and he has cultivated a wonderful, positive brand over there. So follow him on all of that you will be glad that you did. Of course, the conversation that began here will continue on New Activist's social media, all of that, just Facebook and Twitter, nothing else right now, is New Activist Is, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. A huge thanks to The Brilliance who are on tour right now and scored today's episode. We are very grateful for them. Their tour dates, music merch, all of that can be found at thebrilliancemusic.com. And with that, we go back into the world. On behalf of Brandon Harvey, my colleagues had International Justice Mission as well as the Relevant Podcast Network. I am Eddie Kaufholz. Take care, friends.
1: Thank you for listening to the New Activist Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And for more Relevant Podcast Network shows, check out the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. Hey guys, I'm Mike Foster from the Fun Therapy Podcast. My first questions for my guests on the Fun Therapy Podcast is always this, what don't you want me to know? And what don't you wanna talk about? We dive into the horribly messy parts of life and we find hope and healing and answers and we do it all with a smile. I hope you'll join us for the Fun Therapy Podcast.